0: Hey guys, and welcome back to some more Foots, Bants and Everything in Between podcast with me, Marcus Darwin. And today, we've got a tasty episode. As Stupendous City crashed back to reality, Liverpool missed out again at Anfield, and uh, did did they find Bale? I think think they found him and I think he's back. So get comfortable, because it's time for some more Foots, Bants and (laughs) everything in between. uh it's a bit of a lonely episode it's only me today Uh, as you know noah's back at school and uh thomas who was going to replace him for a few episodes had some things to do um whether that's um actual things he's got to do or he's crying about the, the the city disaster yesterday against the 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 red of manchester because manchester is red and is well and truly red um We'll we'll never get to hear the truth from. But the 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 Premier League weekend has been a juicy one. But we've also had games in the midweek uh, since we last recorded. So I'm not really gonna go into too much depth about them, but we'll we'll cover them a little by little. So City's beget, uh game before they came to play against Man United was home against Wolves. Wolves is usually a tough game for for City. Um, City thrashed them 4-1. And coming into this game, well, you know, City on fire. They were... um, This win against Wolves was their 27th unbeaten game, I think. And their 20th now this win made their 21st complete winning streak yeah 28 games unbeaten after this game and 21 games won in a row so it started off with a Dodonka own goal in the 50th minute in the 15th minute then cody scored in the 61st minute to make it 1-1 uh and then city scored three goals in the last 13 minutes to put the game to bed with Jesus getting two and Marez getting one uh, so yeah, it, but as you can guess, it, it was a dominated game from Pep Guardiola's side. Seventy-three percent possession, twenty-two shots, ten on target, uh, seven hundred and ninety-eight passes, ninety-two percent accuracy in the game. Yeah, it was a very good game and not not so good from Wolves, but we can understand coming from the injury woes that they've had. Yep, so that game put City, 28 games unbeaten in all competitions, equaling their their own club record of 28 games unbeaten between April and December of 2017. Uh, City haven't hadn't trailed, you know. After this game, they haven't tra- uh, trailed for a single minute of any of the last 19 Premier League games, until of course what happened this weekend, and that was equally e- equaling Arsenal's competition record of 19 consecutive Premier League games without falling behind. Set between December nineteen ninety eight and May nineteen ninety nine. So coming in, coming into this, in their past twenty one games that they, they they that they've won, because they've won them all in a row in all competitions, they've scored fifty five goals, and they've only conceded eight. City are one of the three, were just one of the three teams from the big five European leagues. You know, England, France, Germany, Italy, Spain. to record more more than 20 consecutive victories after Bayern 23 and Real Madrid uh, 22. Bayern Munich was set in 2020 last season. Real Madrid was set in 2014. So, look, City were in fine, fine form coming into this Manchester derby. Man United, on the other hand, we, uh, we played at Selhurst Park against Crystal Palace. Now i've got to be honest with you it was the most boring game of football i think i've ever watched and you would expect man united with the way that they played this season well you can never expect something from man united um this season you know because we haven't been playing our best football but somehow we're, we're second in the league but you know, we we only had three more shots than Crystal Palace in the entire game. We had 11 shots and only one of them was on target. Crystal Palace had more shots on target. We had 63% possession. We made 600 passes, 86% pass, pass accuracy. But, yeah, it was just a nil-nil boring game, really. And what's quite sad is that, you know, we were going to go... I th- Leicester... Yeah, Leicester drew against Burnley um, in the midweek fixtures. And they also lost 3-1 on the weekend. So on the weekend that they lost 3-1 to Arsenal last weekend, uh, when we played Chelsea, we could have gone three points clear of them. Or we could have gone points clear of them. And then when they dropped points against Burnley as well, we could have gone even more points uh, clear of them. But we drew as well. So Leicester draw, we draw. But yeah, so it was it was a boring game, you know. We still sat in second after the after the game. It was our sixth goalless Premier League draw of the season. That's our joint most ever in a season, along with two thousand four and two thousand five and 2016-2017. Crystal Palace uh, drew back to back Premier League games goalless for the first time since December two thousand seventeen. So both both sides really, you know, don't really hadn't haven't had their scoring boots on. Uh, this is Manchester United's uh third consecutive nil-nil draw in all competitions for the first time since October 2015 under Van Gaal. Um and their third game in that run was a goalless draw against Soho uh in Soho's Perk against Crystal Palace as well. So as you can expect, Man United weren't weren't in their best of form, and City were dominant, were in dominant form. But This weekend told a different story. So, let me, let me set the scene for you here. It's Sunday. People having their Sunday dinners. It was midday Sunday, maybe a bit more than midday. It was afternoon. It was tea time. It was, you know, it was a uh, 4.30 kickoff in England, 5.30 here in Spain. And, yeah, Manchester United, Man City, Manchester Derby... Earlier on the season, it was a boring nil-nil draw in the derby. So, you know, going into this game, Manchester United going away against Man City. Man United not in good form, City in good form. You, you are... You're quite... You, As a Man United fan, you're crapping yourself in this game. You're trying to really... Realistically, you're predicting how much... Can we not lose by? Instead of having the mentality of how much can we go and beat them by, which is a mentality that we as Manchester United fans should be entitled to, but aren't. Uh, but we haven't. You know, we haven't been given evidence to change our uh, our view on these sort of fixtures. You know, how much can we can we not lose by? How much can? Yeah. How How many goals can we prevent going in? Pretty much that's what i'm trying to say so then you've got you know the lineups out and i'm looking at the lineups at the beginning of this game and i'm thinking that this is it's going to be quite it's going to be a boring game from a man united point of view we're just going to sit back sit back and counter attack I, I say that's boring it's actually kind of exciting because we teams that actually want to attack manchester united uh, the bigger teams the top 6 the bigger you know Big Six, the the top of the end, the cream of the crop, if you so, if you so will. <laughs> you know those are the teams that want to attack Manchester United. And Manchester United can hit on the counter attack, and that's that's what Olegan Shostka did with this team. The main thing for me now, I didn't know Cavani was injured, so Martial was into the strike position. Main worry for me was that Martial, he hasn't he hasn't been on the pitch. Whenever he's played this season, he hasn't actually been on the pitch. That's my personal opinion. You know, he scored two goals against Southampton in that 9-0 win. But other than that, he hasn't. He hasn't really. The second one was, I I didn't expect Dan James to play. I thought Greenwood would have started. But it was very clear why Dan James played, you know, because of the high press by City. And so on. So, let's get into the nitty-gritty. The game kicks off. Man United go forward. City lose the ball. Martial picked it up in the box. Gabriel Jesus brings him down. It's a penalty in the first minute for Manchester United. And the Bruno Fernandes haters will will cry. And they'll cry in their, in their sleep. You know, and they'll saying, Ah, another penalty for Bruno Fernandes. Or like, "Oh yeah, mate, you see how Bruno Fernandes with another penalty. Fernandes, Fernandes, mate, Fernandes. Yeah, well, shut up, you haters. Shut up. And Bruno Fernandes. He's the best midfielder in the, in the league. He's the best midfielder in the world. Bruno bloody Fernandes. And he scored. He scored in a big six game. So shut your gob. How, how do you like that Pep Guardiola? Yeah exactly. So. <laughs> Bruno Fernandes inside the, inside the second minute. Slotted a penalty away. Honestly. Edison was very close to saving it. But he didn't. And it went in. And then. So so for the first 20 minutes after that game Man United were playing the highest line I've ever seen them play in uh, this this season especially. Uh, they were playing a very high defensive line and it was I was thinking to myself it's only a matter of time before Sterling, Jesus, and Mares gets in behind that line. But it, 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 you know City didn't know how to how to deal with that high line because we were just pressuring them as far up the pitch as we could and they couldn't get the ball out. But then, as soon as City started to string a couple of passes together towards the second, hu- uh, towards the end of the first half, Man United started sinking deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into their get into their, you know, it- into their half, and that was a problem because our high press was working so well, and then all of a sudden, as soon as City are actually showing a bit of threat, we're coward, we're we're being too cowardly. Uh, I feel like that will improve over time whether if you know we get a new center back and it needs to be like a a, a strong and brave center back and i think that's who should have the captain's captaincy to be honest oh, well i think bruno fernandez should have the captaincy but we need a like a defensive captain and we need someone who can urge defence to stay up and to be brave and to keep a high line because if you if you look at the most goals that we've conceded like for example the Everton one that we conceded in the last minute the Calvert-Lewin goal it was it was Harry Maguire who who stepped uh, into the box you know stepped off the defensive line before the rest of the defenders did and that's the one who kept Dominic Calvert-Lewin onside Uh, for him to score so i feel like that will improve over time but city kept on getting chances getting chances and nothing was working for them henderson was saving them Uh, man united once they actually you know wherever they were on the pitch they were very good defensively and they were defending in numbers it was very good defensive performance i feel like Wan Bissaka had sterling sterling in his pocket luke shaw had mares on his pocket and luke shaw I'm going to say it now. Luke Shaw is the best left back in the league this season. He is. Luke Shaw is the best left back in the league this season. And, you know, he's the only player at Manchester United who's showing consistency. He's showing proper consistency. You know, I'd say, okay, maybe Fred McTominay as well showing consistency. But Luke Shaw. And he finally got the goal that that's... You know, he's finally been awarded a goal that he so deserved in this game. It was a throw from Henderson. Luke Shaw chests it, controls it, runs into into City's box, gives it to Rashford. You think Rashford's gonna come back and shoot on his right? He comes back and then passes it to Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw takes a box and boom, it's it takes a touch and it's 2-0. The game's over. And Manchester United Manchester City were beaten for the first time since November. 2020, ending a run of 28 games without defeat across all competitions for Pep's hide. And this was Manche- Manchester United have won three consecutive away games in all competitions against Man City for the first time since a run of four between November 1993 and November 2000. And the manager in charge of all three of those um, of those games recently has been Ole Gunnar Schultz-Gar. So he is Pep Guardiola's kryptonite. And amongst managers... Manchester City's Pep has faced more you know uh, they have faced more than 3 times across all competitions as um, as a top flight boss Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the only one to beat um, Guardiola more often than he has lost to Guardiola hence in saying that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the only manager across all competitions as a top flight boss to have a uh, positive Win loss ratio against Pep Guardiola. So if you play in the Champions League final against Man City, not that they'll get there, they'll probably get to the semi-finals and bottle it. But if you play in the Champions League final against Man City, higher gonna score for that game, unless we're playing them next season. But yeah, look, it was very unexpected the result, but I feel like the way that we played. played It was very deserved. It's a good good job for Manchester United. Don't get me wrong. Manchester City are still going to go and win the league. But it gives this Manchester United team a whole lot of confidence. Speaking of confidence. You know who is lacking confidence? Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. And you know they've been woeful recently they haven't been good at all and you know we'll first talk about their midweek uh, fixture we'll talk about Fulham's midweek fixture and then we'll talk about what happened on the weekend so liverpool played on thursday against chelsea at anfield and chelsea came away with a 1-0 win and it was mason mount who got it in the 42nd minute chelsea's uh, best player by far this season. Uh, probably the one of the best English players in the league this season, apart from Shaw. I would say Shaw and Madison, Grealish as well, but Grealish has been injured for some time. You know they've been the best players. Stones as well, actually. Stones has been pretty good. And you know you wouldn't have ex- you wouldn't have expected it. Well, I wouldn't have expected it. But Chelsea actually, you know, Chelsea. In my opinion, they dominated the game. They had eleven shots to Liverpool's seven. They had five shots on target to Liverpool's one. Liverpool did have more possession. They had fifty-five possession. Liverpool had more passes as well. Six hundred and fifty-six. So that not not that many passes. Uh, more. Uh, only about uh one hundred and ten more passes. One hundred and seven, if we're being accurate. Uh. You know, pass accuracy for Liverpool, 87%. Pass accuracy for Chelsea, 85%. Both teams very, very stubborn on the ball. But, yeah, it was a 1-0 win for Chelsea. And after going 68 games without a league defeat at Anfield, the second longest run in, in English top flight history, Liverpool have now lost each of their last five consecutive at Anfield. And this is the first time they've ever lost five consecutive games at Anfield. Well, now it's six, actually, after that, Liverpool, after their Fulham game. But we'll go into that. Um, Chelsea have conceded only two goals in 10 games in all competi- competitions under Ch- Tuchel. Which is the same run that they had after 10 games under Jose Mourinho. Both managers' 10th game was a one nil win against Liverpool. Are we seeing a little bit of repetition here? Do we think... Are we saying Tuchel to... to to win the Premier League next season for Chelsea? Uh, early next season prediction? Never know. You never know. And, you know, you maybe by then Werner's got his, got his shooting boots on and Kai Havertz can really make a difference. But Liverpool have become the first English top flight reigning champions to lose five consecutive home league games. What has gone wrong for Liverpool? Most fans would tell you that... It's because there's no fans in the stadium. And that's what makes Anfield so scary. Um, You could say that. Some fans would say it's because of injury. You can also say that. But, you know, it's no good each week. And this has been going on for weeks now. It's not just a a recent thing. This has been going on for weeks. And it's no good just every time blaming it on injury. Saying that you've lost your best players. The best managers should be able to adapt to whatever team they have, right? That's what shows that a good manager is a good manager, not how much money they spend on the squad. Now, I know that Liverpool haven't actually spent that much money on their players. They've scouted good players and brought them in and made them better players. That's what Jurgen Klopp does so well. But... You know, that's the, this is what's taking the good like the best managers away from... You know, it's, diff- it's making them different to the elite managers. Elite managers should be able to work with whatever they've got. You know, when Manchester United beat Arsenal 8-2. Under Sir Alex Ferguson. Sir Alex Ferguson had like... Eight defenders or nine defenders on the pitch during that game. You know, there's Champions League games where Alex Ferguson played with... A team nearly full of defenders because they had no attackers and have still won. These are the sort of differences that you need to make. Now, I know City are in a different position because City have got the backing of, you know, you look at their bench against Manchester United and all of their bench players could have got into any other team apart from their goalkeeper, their, their substitute goalkeeper, could have gotten into any other team in the Premier League. That's the difference in depth. But you know, um Fabinho and, and Kabak at the back for for Liverpool, it wasn't it wasn't a weak team. You know, I'm looking at this team and I'm thinking the only one really missing from this, only two are Anderson and and Van Dijk, and then they're back to their best. You know, and that so it's not an excuse anymore, they're just woeful. Liverpool are not playing good and something needs to needs to change. Fulham on the other hand, they went uh they they were at home, Craven Cottage against Tottenham. Uh it was a dull, it was a dull game. Fulham dominated the game actually. They did very well. It was it was only down to a 19th minute um Adara Adaribio I can't say his name. I'm just going to call him Tossin. Um, a toss in own goal uh, that meant that Tottenham won back to back Premier League games for the first time since November they'd lost their previous 6 league games before this, Fulham are without a win in 22 Premier League uh, London derbies uh, this was Tottenham's 4th Premier League 1-0 win where their only goal was an own goal uh, and yeah it was, it was quite a boring game the own goal was actually came from a from a good build up by by Tottenham and Bale and Harry Kane, but there was a bit of a handball, a little handball um, news here, as you know there was a clear, was it a Liverpool defender? Oh no, a Tottenham defender cleared the ball and it hit. A Fulham striker's arm, when it was next to him, bounced off his arm and went to a, top, a Fulham player and they scored. And they got ruled out for a handball, even though the, the Fulham player could have done nothing about it. So another handball incident. Remember last week we talked about it with Chelsea. Now this week with with Fulham. But they are changing it. As of July or June, they are changing the handball rule. Right, so Liverpool... Liverpool-Fulham on the weekend at Anfield. Fulham came away with a 1-0 win, a Lamina Lamina goal. Uh, Liverpool dominated this game, like thoroughly dominated the game. But, you know, it it was a free kick that came to it. The keeper punched away. It came to Salah. Salah didn't know there was a player behind him. Lamina smothered Salah and popped it in. And it was a goal. And Liverpool have now lost uh, consecutive home home league games, six consecutive home league games, which is their longest ever run. They're the first side to lose six home games in a row in the Premier League since Huddersfield Town, uh, twenty nineteen, who have lost seven on the row, seven on the row, seven in the row, seven on the road, and seven at home. Seven. I'm just going to say seven at home. Fulham are unbeaten in the last eight. Premier League away games which is their longest run without defeat on the road in their top flight history and Liverpool's six defeats at Anfield six league defeats at Anfield in in this season is their most in a single campaign since 1953 to 54 when the Reds finished bottom of the table unfortunately from a Man United perspective we're not going to see that but you know we are we are seeing something woeful and what what does this mean for the table i'll tell you what this means it means that liverpool right now sitting in 8th with two t te- with west ham tottenham and everton all with games in hand above them so liverpool are really really uh, and the team behind them aston villa have got two games in hand and they're only 3 points behind arsenal below them have got one game in hand and they're they're seven points behind. So really, everyone's getting close to Liverpool. I, I predict we're going to see Liverpool probably ninth at the end of this season now. It's really not looking good for them, especially with the form that West Ham, Tottenham and Everton are in now. And as I'm recording this, Everton and Chelsea are playing. What does this mean for Fulham? It means, you know, I'm the only one who said, I think Fulham are going to stay up this season. And they're very, very close to doing this. But they're on equal points with Brighton, who are in 17th. They are on equal points with Brighton, who are in 17th, but Brighton do have a game in hand, so if, it, let's just say, Brighton lose this game in hand, then then it's on, then it's on. I'm I'm predicting it, Fulham are staying up at this season. I'm telling you, you see, the Newcastle or Brighton are going to go down, I don't really know anymore, because Newcastle have also been woeful, but Brighton are strong contenders, they're strong contenders to go down. Are they, what, what does that. Does that make them strong contenders or weak contenders? Because surely for me, strong contenders are someone like Manchester City, you know, who are, who have practically won the league already. So, can you be a strong contender to be relegated, or can you be a weak contender to win the league? Let Let us know on our Twitter. That's Foots and Bants Pod on Twitter or on our Instagram. You can. DM us or comment on our our latest post at the Futs and Bounce pod or join our Discord Uh, the link of that will be in our social medias so yeah uh, the only other thing I want to cover in this podcast is a bit dry because it's only me here and I've got you I had a very salty dinner so my mouth is a bit dry but I think we go as our as our closing team. We'll talk about someone who's also dry. We'll talk about Crystal Palace. You know, boring Crystal Palace. Yes, I know we drew near 0 against them, but we're also quite dry. Now, I said at the beginning, I said in the introduction, the Welsh dragon is back. Gareth Bale is back. Gareth Bale got two goals in this game. Harry Kane got two goals. Cheers. Cheers Bale, Son's crying now, Son's crying, Harry Kane and Bale have made Son cry, because Harry Kane and Son partnership, it feels like, Son probably feels like Harry Kane is cheating on him right now with Gareth Bale, because I tell you what, this partnership has just gone <laughs> for Tottenham fans, Deli Ali is back, Son to his best, Kane to his best, and now Gareth Bale to his best, really? Wow. This is scary. If they had any other manager than Jose Mourinho, I'd be worried. But they have Jose Mourinho, so I'm not worried. And they also have a really crappy defence. You know, if they they buy a couple of defenders in the summer, then all of a sudden we're looking at a very, very strong, very, very strong Tottenham team. Also, Bale looks happy here that he's actually getting game time than he did at Real Madrid. So perhaps we can see a permanent transfer for Gareth Bale. Tottenham dominated the game. It was 4-1 to to Tottenham at the end. Two from Bale, two from Kane, one from Benteke. Tottenham dominated the game. Nothing really to talk about that. Uh, Only the league leaders, Manchester City. I've earned more points at home this season um, in the Premier League than Tottenham. City have won 35 at home, Tottenham have won 24 at home. Tottenham's fourth goal which I believe was actually scored... Yep, it was scored by Harry Kane, was our 100th in all competitions this season, becoming the second club in Europe's uh, big five leagues to reach that tally this season, after Bayern Munich, who have scored 106. By the way, can we just talk about Lewandowski and and Haaland? They are a different breed. Wow. If any of you watched Die Klasse, uh, Bayern Munich versus Dortmund... It was an insane game. You know, uh, Haaland had a brace. He had two goals in the space in the first nine minutes. And then Lewandowski scored a hat-trick to win the game for Bayern Munich. Very, very good game. I think the final score was 4-2 or 4-3. I'll get back to you on that and let you know. But uh, Crystal Palace manager... Roy Hodgson has failed to to win all six of his Premier League meetings with Spurs' Jose Mourinho. He's drawn three and lost three, and that's the joint most he's faced a particular manager in the competition yet without winning, and he's level with Jurgen Klopp. Would you do, would you pronounce it Jurgen or Jurgen? I think uh, the, well the, pronun- the correct pronunciation is Jurgen, but I can imagine some Scouser going, "Oh, is this Jurgen Klopp? You know Jurgen." He's joking, Klopp, you know. Have you ever seen that video of the of the guy, I think it's on YouTube channel, An- Anfield Agenda, when he's talking about money? He's like, bosh, fantastic. What else do you want me to say? Yeah? Oh, what's you laughing for? He's the best in the world. He's the best in the world. What are you laughing at? You? I don't do if, put some maybes. I do absolutes. And with that absolutes, I'm gonna finish it off with saying thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Foot and Everything in Between podcast. I um I'm sorry that it that it's been a bit dry. I need to get used to doing it by myself. Next week we do have a guest. I hope. <laughs> I think we do. And it's gonna be a special one. It's a Fulham Academy player. So make sure you tune into that one. And don't forget to follow us on social medias. And if you're listening on Apple, please leave a review and a comment. And until next time, adios.